Welcome to the Rankin Baptist Church Podcast. Please note that all or some of this podcast may have been recorded during our live physical services at Rankin Baptist Church. Therefore, sound quality may be affected in some areas. We hope you enjoy the podcast. So let's look at God's Word this morning, shall we? I'm taking the reading from Matthew chapter 6, and of course what we're doing is we're getting ready for our two weeks of prayer and fasting. It's always good to go to God's Word to get that little bit of motivation for whatever it is that we're going to do in obedience to His Word. So we're looking at Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. It reads as follows. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now, notice over there, and I'm sure you've heard it said many times, Jesus said, he didn't say, uh, if you fast, but when you fast. So kind of Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he was assuming that there would be time in our lives where we do take time to fast and to pray. And then he says, there are certain ways that you and I should go about it. But then he says something very motivational. He says, your father who is unseen sees what you also are doing in secret and he will reward you. Now, you know, as each and every one of us fast, it's a challenge. We all face different challenges when we fast. But God sees everything that every one of us are doing. And he says that you will receive your reward. Now, if you look at Matthew chapter 6, it's all these secret practices, as it were. In other words, it's things that we're not doing publicly, but then God says, but your reward will be public. In other words, if we take this to prayer and we take it to fasting, it's kind of something that we do privately away from other people. But then God says that the reward is public. In other words, what is he saying over there? He says, whatever you're doing in private will be shown in your life and God will bless you in the days that you live on earth. So, you know, when it comes to fasting, there's so much, uh, there's a lot of truth out there, but there's also a couple of myths. And uh, some of the myths are, you know, it's only for pastors and intercessors, it's only when things get serious that you should fast. Some people think, well, fasting is dangerous. Uh, it, it's like starving your body. You're not going to get the nutrition that you need. and You're probably going to get sick and many other things like this. Now, one of the things that I like to uh, kind of unravel today, and that is, and, and tackle, and that is the myth that fasting is to voluntarily go without food and drink. You see, it's only partly true. There's a lot more to fasting than simply going without food and drink. So that's the one that we're going to pick today. I'm going to tackle it. And then the aim of the message is really to help us get ready for fasting. You see, there are many people who are going to be fasting this year and praying for the first time. And they're not sure how to go about it, so we want to tackle that. And then other people who are getting their prayer and fasting off the ground at maybe the second or the third year that they're praying and fasting, someone to take their fasting and pray to the next level. So we're going to look at some tips as we discuss this myth. So the myth is fasting means to go without food and maybe without drink. Now that's partly true. To fast is to voluntarily go without food and drink for a certain amount of time. So People, when they fast, they will give up some measure of food, some types of food, some types of drink for a short period of time. But, um, you know, if that's what it means to fast, then we could say, well, 80% of the world fast almost every day. 
They skip a meal. Some poor people may go for a day without a meal on a regular basis. Um, that could be construed to be fasting, if fasting means just to go without food. But of course, there's a lot more to it. And when you understand the second part of this simple definition of fasting, it helps us to see that it's not as simple as just denying ourselves food and certain types of drink. Here's a better definition. To fast is to voluntarily go without food and drink for a spiritual purpose. So that little ending part of that definition is very important. It's that you and I will pray and fast with a very specific purpose in mind. There needs to be focus when you and I fast. So what did people do? Why did they fast? What were the purposes behind their fasting? Well, some people fasted and prayed to show God how serious they were about their prayer requests. So when people had a very, very urgent prayer request, they would add fasting, they would separate themselves, they would deny themselves food and drink, and they would use all of that time just to spend more time in prayer. And that kind of consecration showed God, really God, out of all the prayers that I've been praying, this is a very serious prayer. I want to ask you that you will certainly pay attention to it because I'm taking this thing seriously. Another thing, purpose behind fasting is people fasted to express their emotions particularly when people were mourning they'd lost a loved one, just to convey the sense of grief, just to be in that intense time of grief and get it out of their system as it were, they would fast in, a, in addition to um, their time of grief. The third reason that people fast, and this is probably common, is people fasted to defeat sin, to break a stronghold, or to bring fleshly desires back under control. And that's a big one to break the power of sin, to break a stronghold, or to bring fleshly appetites, this flesh of ours, back under control. You see, many sins that we commit, and strongholds, find their strength in our physical bodies, in the flesh as it were. So we may derive physical pleasure, people derive it from things such as drinking, smoking, taking drugs, having sex, overeating, things like that. So people then will find that their physical body starts to crave a better high, a bigger high. And of course, they've got to, they've got to, um, they've got to feed that desire. And it's not too long before that desire gets out of hand. It becomes a controlling sin. It starts to do damage in their life. Now to try and get back power and to get back control, people go into a time of prayer and fasting. So, you know, people may be controlled by inner strongholds, which manifest sometimes in their physical bodies. Things such as lust, anger, depression, bitterness, hatred, jealousy, pessimism, a critical, judgmental spirit, greed, materialism. These all seem to be things of the heart, but really, if you think of it, they actually manifest in the flesh as well. So, for example, um, a person who's angry will want to give vent to their anger. You will find that that person is short-tempered, they're quick to, to shout, they may bang doors and things like that. So it may be something that's on the inside of them, but it manifests in the flesh. The flesh eventually seeks to be expressed. So when you and I pray and fast, we are trying to deny the body free reign as it normally has. So what you're going to be doing when you pray and fast is you're going to be strengthening your spirit. Your spirit is then going to start to dominate 
your physical body. It really works like that. So what happens normally if a person's life is getting out of control, their spirit has a hunger or desire to obey God and do certain things a certain way. But the body has so much power and authority, it just overrides anything that the spirit wants to do. Now, when you pray in your fast, you weaken your physical body. But at the same time, you're strengthening your spirit. And then you're going to find that you're able to conquer those sins. You're going to break those strongholds and you're going to be back in control. You know, I shared a while ago that I had a problem with pornography for many years. And then it was, I really struggled with it, got a handle on it, was always having to watch out. And then during one season of prayer and fasting, I decided, listen, I have to tackle this thing. And I did, and God's grace was on me. It was a quite a challenging time, but it was broken over my life, and it has stayed broken since. Now, I'm not saying that I don't have to watch out, but I know for a fact that the power of that sin over my life is gone forever. Now, I just have to make sure that I'm walking being led by the Holy Spirit. So, you know, it's very important that you and I have goals for our time of prayer and fasting. And one of it is to get back control over your body. You and I are going to say to our bodies, you're not the boss of me, I'm the boss of you. And you're going to find that um, fasting is going to strengthen you in this area. Now, let's go back to this myth about fasting. To fast is simply to go without food or drink. Again, we're acknowledging it's partially true, but if simply, if all we are doing during our fast is to simply not eat, to simply change the things that we drink, then it's not really going to help us. But what helps us during our time of prayer and fasting is you're going to find that you free up a lot of time. You know, you and I normally around food, we spend a lot of time. There's all the preparation. Then we sit and enjoy the meal. Sometimes we eat too much, we fall asleep. And we can go for a couple of hours in any given day somehow our lives are centered around food. Now when you and I fast and pray, a lot of that time is freed up. So what do we then do with that time? Well, we use it to grow ourselves spiritually. So the purpose of prayer and fasting is not simply to deny our bodies and to go on a certain type of restricted form of diet, but it is actually to grow ourselves spiritually. So I want to suggest that when you start this time of prayer and fasting, that you make it your goal not to simply go without certain things, but that you plan as well to grow in certain ways. If you write those things down, this is what I want to accomplish in my spiritual journey for 2021, you will find that God will listen to the prayer. If you write it down, you will find that you are focused. You know, sometimes people fast to get order back into their lives, not simply to avoid food. You see, today we can live very busy lives. I mean, you can work long hours and under the lockdown and uh, because everything is connected these days, you may do a lot of the work from home. You may find that there's a blurring of the lines between when your work starts and your after hours, your family time starts. So your work kind of merges in. Your boss says, listen, I want you to be available on call all the time. And so kind of we don't take time to rest. Then when we think of the entertainment opportunities around us, I mean, you can be watching YouTube videos on how to apply makeup for hours on end, if that's your thing. 
um, funny videos of cats, cat fails. I mean, there's just crazy videos out there and they're being loaded, new stuff is being loaded every day. I mean, if you started to watch Netflix um, from the moment that you came into this world till the moment you died, you wouldn't get through even a small portion of all the content that there is out there. Then when you think of your friends and uh, social media, with staying in touch, I mean, your friends may be sending you messages at all weird hours when people should, normal people should be sleeping. So what I'm trying to say is, you know, we are so overly stimulated and engaged with electronic devices. And not all of those things are necessary, but they have a way of shaping the way that we live our day. So that if you switch your device off, you may find, well, what do I do now? I'm so used to being behind a screen. I have developed a, a schedule around that. And of course, when we think of all of this engagement, this business of life, what does it do to our spiritual life? Often God gets the leftovers, what is secondhand stuff? Maybe just a quick glance and we think, well, you know, at least I've got into the word today. And then we don't realize that we've spent hours on our electronic devices, um, spending time which wasn't required of us. So when you pray and fast, what I want to encourage you to do is switch off every single electronic device. Switch your TV off. So you say, I'm not going to be watching TV for the next two weeks. Um, disconnect from all social media that your friends know if you want to. Otherwise, just go incognito. Decide that you're not going to uh, browse the internet unnecessarily. The only time you're going to get to your device is for work purposes. So, you know, obviously if your wife is going to phone, you better pick up that phone call. If your husband or your children, if there's an emergency. Otherwise, I want to encourage you just to switch that thing off. People are saying, psychologists are saying that we are now officially getting addicted to our electronic devices. So you'll probably find that when you go through, start this fast, you're going to experience a little bit of withdrawal symptoms from your electronic devices. You may find yourself staring at the screen just to have a little fix, uh, even though the screen is blank, it's switched off. You may find yourself getting a little bit irritable. You don't know what to do with yourself, shaky. Let that irritability work out of your system. Use that time then that you're saving from all of those electronic devices to spend time with God, to spend time with your family. And then just physically rest. You will find that during your time of prayer and fasting, you are slowing your schedule down a little bit. And that will bring a bit of rest to your physical body. So enjoy that aspect of the fast. So what we're saying is, when you fast, change your schedule. Um, go on an electronic fast don't just fast from food and drink, but be determined that one of the things you're going to include in your time of prayer and fasting is fasting from electronic devices. Then what you want to do is after the fast, you want to have come out of these two weeks with a little bit more boundaries placed around these things so that you can enjoy more freedom, more rest, more control over your life. So we're still trying to tackle this is fasting simply to go without food and drink? And I think we're demolishing that myth completely. Well, the purpose of prayer and fasting, as we mentioned earlier, is to strengthen and reinforce your prayer life. So when we take time to pray, to fast, sorry, we're actually also taking time to pray. Now, prayer is one of those things that is not easy for the typical human being. 
even those who are prayer giants who may impress you with the way that they pray, the ease with which they pray, I want to guarantee you that when they started out, it wasn't easy for them to pray. But they stuck through it, and now prayer has become easy for them. You know, prayer is like riding a bike. It's like learning to swim. The only way to learn it is to start it. Just start praying. That's the only way. Nobody can tell you how to swim uh, without you eventually having to get your feet wet and overcoming your conquering your fear of water, getting on that bike, overcoming your fear of falling and just trying to turn those pedals. And after a while, you see that it's actually very easy and you find the same is true of prayer. So you may find yourself having to push through those initial days of praying. But as you get into a routine, as you remove all these distractions of electronic devices, as you free up time to be with God and in His Word, you will find that prayer becomes more and more easy. You actually find that you have the innate ability as a child of God to pray and to pray well. Now this is going to be a season of prayer. You and I, I wanted you to get ready and say, well, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge, but this time we're going to pray and we're going to pray with intensity. We're not going to waste this time without food. We're going to capitalize on the spiritual strength that accompanies prayer because we're fasting. We're going to take that prayer, we're going to take that fasting, and we're going to be serious about laying these requests, all the multitude of requests that we're going to lay before God. We're going to be serious about laying them down. You see what we believe, and this is the reason why we pray and fast. And if you look online and you discuss uh, things with other church leaders, you'll find that we are not going to be the only group of people praying and fasting. There are many, many hundreds of other churches, thousands, tens of thousands of other Christians that are setting aside the beginning of the year to pray. You see, what you and I do in these two weeks is going to determine the quality of the life that we live in 2021. And we want to make sure that it's going to be a good year. It always is when you and I start off in this way. Now, you know, fasting and praying. Another myth related to this, and I'm just going to tackle this one very shortly, is some people believe the more intense your prayer and fasting, the harder it is, the better the results. Well, it's not necessarily true. And the Apostle Paul addressed this, this mentality that was in people in the book of Colossians. You see, people were saying the harsher, more harsh you treat your body, the, the more victory you will have over sin. And of course, we know you don't get victory over sin by treating your body harshly. You get victory over sin in the power of the Holy Spirit. But this is what he wrote in Colossians 2.20. It says, You died with Christ. Now the forces of the universe don't have any power over you. Why do you live as though you had to obey such rules? Don't handle this. Don't taste that. Don't touch that. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship and their false humility and their harsh treatment of the body but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. You see what it says over there? Just because you treat your body harshly doesn't mean you're going to get control over sensual indulgence. No, that power has got to come from the Holy Spirit. So some people believe that the best type of fasting is 
40-day fast. Going for 40 days, that's the best type. I want to say you can accomplish in a week, you can accomplish in two weeks, what other people are accomplishing in 40 days. It's not the length of time. Other people will say, you know, the best type of fasting is simply to go without food and without drink. You do see that in the Bible. Esther called the people to do that. But that was for a very short period of time, and that was in a time of national crisis. Elsewhere, we see very little of a total fast in the Bible. You know what counts more is your and my sincerity when we go into our time of prayer and fasting. Are you taking this thing seriously? Are you doing it just because everybody else is doing it and you're going to feel out? Or do you really want to take that time to build yourself up spiritually, to get your schedule back under control, to set your priorities in order, and to spend time with God? Those are the things that we should be aiming at when we pray and fast. You know, saying that you and I, the best way to pray and fast is to do it seriously, to do it long, to do it intensely. That's like saying, well, if you're not really fit, the best way to get fit is don't waste your time walking, getting a little bit of fit, fit, and then starting to run. No, man, just go and sign up for a marathon, hit it and hit it hard. The next day, go to the gym, go to the heavy section where the heavy big guys hang out and go and hit those weights. That's the best way to get fit. Well, of course, your body will soon tell you, you've been making a big mistake. You need to ease yourself into it. Now, similarly with fasting, you know, it's not about what specifically you and I do, because everybody has to fast in a way that is uh, suitable to them. You know, every one of us are at different places in our walk with God. Some people are going to be praying and fasting for the first time, others for a second or third, and other people have done it many times. So every one of us are at a different place, and we can make adjustments to our type of prayer and fasting um, accordingly. So what do we find that some people do when they do pray and fast? Well, the first thing is just about everybody, and I want to recommend this to everybody, gives up things like chocolates, sweets, cold drinks, savory snacks, all of those things that our body doesn't really need as nutrition. Sour treats even, they give up coffee, tea, uh, fizzy drinks, all that type of stimulants. And we tend to drink instead fruit juice, perhaps fruit juice diluted, or just water over the period of time. Then people tend to cut out all meats, poultry, fish, all of those type of things. Don't believe that you're going to lose muscle if you try to uh, keep your, your physique. You will find that your body will cope quite well just on a different type of diet for two weeks. You're definitely not going to be dying. Then we understand that to fast is to restrict one's food intake and what we drink to a certain extent. All right. So you're going to find that it is normal to eat less food and during our time of prayer and fasting. And when it comes to water, you can drink as much as you like. But generally, you are going to find that if you fast properly, there is going to be a measure of hunger. And I want to say, if during your fast you never feel hungry, then you're not fasting right. The purpose of fasting is not to change from sweet and savory foods and snacks like that, and then fill up on other things which seem to be more healthy and seem to be legal. The aim is also to experience a challenge in our physical body. So that you will feel hungry, you may have headaches, you may feel weak, you may feel tired. Many people say 
that in those first two, three days, it takes a while for their body to adjust. It's a bit of a challenge. After that, it becomes easy. And then towards the end of the fast, they feel, well, I could be doing this for another two weeks. You see, it's just that initial mindset and those physical symptoms that you and I have to conquer. But you can do it. And many people that have started out for the first time have done well. So the food that people eat is generally, the general rule is to eat as much unprocessed foods as possible. So you eat fruits and vegetables and things like that. You don't have to go and layer those vegetables with thick, greasy sauces, creamy sauces. Eat it as close to its natural, um, original condition as you possibly can. You can have whole grain breads, you can have nuts and things like that. But I think you start to get the idea. Another thing that people do is they eat at different intervals when they fast. So we're talking about how should each one of us choose our fast? Well, it's really up to you. One thing people do is they may eat their breakfast before sunrise. They'll drink water or juice during the day. And then they will eat their first meal after sunset. They've taken now a lot of time in the day, the free time, perhaps their lunch time, because they don't eat lunch. They're going to take that time to sneak in a little bit of prayer or a little bit of Bible reading. When we pray and fast normally and we're able to get together, we encourage people to have their meal after the time of prayer. So they will come to the prayer meeting not having eaten. And then everybody, if they're going to have a meal for that day, will have it after their time of prayer and fasting. Some people will eat throughout the day, but they'll only eat the foods that we've described. So they will eat fruit and vegetable, drink juice or water throughout the day as much as they'd like to. It's still a restrictive, restricted diet. They've cut out all those nice things that the body probably wants, bits of chocolate, a cup of coffee. And it's their way of also fasting. Other people will have a little bit of a mix of these things. So some people will skip a few meals or change their diet or do a little bit of both. I often, if we're doing a time of prayer and fasting, I realize that, you know, I cannot just go from a normal type of eating straight into like a type of water fast. You have to wean yourself off rich foods. So I may do like five days, the first five days of prayer and fasting will be juice and water with fruit and vegetables. Then I'll go into three, possibly four days of just drinking water and juice. And then after that, I'll end the last five or six days of the prayer and fasting back onto uh, the Daniel type of diet. And that is going to be fruits and vegetables and those type of things. If it's just a three day fast, I may go straight into the time of prayer and fasting for three days, simply with water and juice. There's no real preparation. But the rule of thumb is the longer you fast, the more you prepare, you ease yourself into it. And then also the longer you take to ease yourself out of that fast. Now, some people fast by drinking water only. God's got to lead you into this. And I want to say if you're a woman who's pregnant, if you're a young child, if you're somebody who's ill, you're on medication, don't go for a straight water fast, right? Um, there's many other ways in which you can fast, but now people who are ill and fall into those other categories that I mentioned, I would suggest don't do a straight water fast. Then apart from all of this, if you'd still like to take a multivitamin, uh, multivitamin and mineral tablet, feel free to go ahead and take those. Then, you know, 
I want to suggest that you prepare for your fast and the type of fast that you will enter into. Go and buy the fruits and vegetables that you're going to eat. Maybe you want to stock up on juice. Maybe you want to clear your cupboard of the things that are going to be a temptation to you. But don't just wake up Monday morning and say, man, um, I'm starting my fast and the only thing I have is all the types of things I said I wouldn't eat. Well, let me just get through them and then I'll start my fast. No, prepare now for your fast so that you will start strong, you'll start focused and you'll end strong. You'll feel that you've accomplished something in your spiritual walk with God during the time of this, uh, during our time of prayer and fasting. So let me end and say that, you know, fasting is a spiritual discipline. You're going to engage your spirit. You're going to be spiritual, spiritually focused, and you're going to have to be disciplined. You're going to have to discipline your body, discipline your schedule during this time. But I really believe you will come out of it um, rewarded by God. That's what Jesus said in Matthew. That's the scripture that we started out. He said, your father who sees what is secret will reward you. And I want to say your reward will be public. You will see that your life, the things that you're praying for, that you're fasting over will be blessed. You know, I was reading in the book of Genesis and uh, I want to share that with you in closing. It's from Genesis 35, this is 2 to 5. It says, So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Get rid of the foreign gods that you have with you, and purify yourselves and change your clothes. Then come, let us go to Bethel, where I will build an altar to God. The God who answered me in the day of my distress, and who has been with me ever since. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods they had and the rings in their ears, and Jacob buried them under the oak at Shechem. Then they set out, and the terror of God fell upon the towns all around them, so that no one pursued them. You see what Jacob was saying to his family here. He said, listen guys, we are going on to a new stage in our journey with God. Let's get rid of all the foreign gods, all the clothes that have religious symbolism attached to us. Let's change our ways and let's get it ready to live the way God wants us to live. You know, as you go through the, this time of prayer and fasting, I want to encourage you to search for the things that you know God doesn't want you to take into 2021. The things that should be left behind that should never have been part of the life of a believer in the first place. Now, day by day, as you pray, as you fast, as you ask God what his desire is, as you ask God to show you certain things, write them down. And then it'll be like Jacob and his family. You're taking those things off one by one so that you can enter with God into the new year in a way that is righteous and holy. The life that he blesses. Now, I trust that the message has been a blessing to you. I want to encourage you just to get these booklets from the church. This one is for the youth and adults. This is studying the prayer life of Moses and it gives you um, prayer guidelines for every day of the week. This is the same one. This is for the children put together by the children's ministry by Pastor Marissa. So I want to encourage you to come and pick these up. They really are going to be helpful. They'll also be available on our website if you're not able to get them. Then this coming week, from Monday to Friday, and the following week as well, from 6.30 to 7.30, we may not be able to get together here at the church, but there will still be a schedule that I'll be sending out that I'd like to encourage families to follow um, every evening. And we're going to be praying as families 
or individuals as couples in our home. And that's going to be the way that we're going to be praying and fasting. It's a little bit different this year because of COVID and the lockdown. But I believe it's going to be no less of a blessing to every single one. Now, I'm getting ready psychologically in every other way to fast and to pray. And I want to encourage you to join the rest of God's people, not only here at Ranfordine Baptist Church, but around South Africa as we start to take this year to the Lord in prayer. Lots of love in Christ from Pastor Brett, Marissa, and all of those at Ranfordine Baptist Church. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, remember to share it with people you feel may be encouraged by it as well. Also remember, for more resources, to watch our video sermons, or to find out more about Ramsey Baptist Church, visit us online at www.rbaptchurch.org.